Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Teradome Highway Podcast. I'm your host, Sid Davis. This is episode two. You can find this show on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else you can get podcasts. I had a few people hit me up asking me if I had a Twitter. Twitter's coming. Um, I have a few links that I'm working on, so you can directly go to these links. Sorry for the delay. Uh, It's just been a lot going on. I'm trying to make sure everything is in place as far as not only this, but uh, personal. So every everything is, is coming together slowly but surely. Uh, I have a house that's getting, like I said, I've, you've probably, if you listen to the Social Introvert Podcast, which is also my other podcast that I host exclusively on bynkradio.net forward slash podcast, you know that I have been working on this for quite some time. And if someone told me, and I, I don't know, if someone had told me that the process of having a house moved, and it isn't far from the original location, and having it be put down on virgin land, and if someone told me the the process and how long this takes, oh my God, I would have never done it, but I thought it was such a, a dope idea. I said, you know, let's do it. Let, let, let's let's get together and let's let's do it. it it's it's nerve wracking. I think I'm the only one that's kind of losing his mind in the process of doing all of this. But like I said, we're we're there. We're almost at the finish line, and I'm so happy. Brand new links of the Teradome Highway podcast will be imminent. It's coming as soon as Tuesday of this upcoming week. So you'll the TikTok Teradome Highway podcast page will be up. Twitter, you can go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Terradome Highway Podcast. And I promise I'll have everything up at the top of this week. So be on the lookout, stay tuned. So, this episode, I'm going to be talking about Ghostface from the iconic franchise Scream from 1996 all the way to 2023. I'm just going to go over my thoughts of the entire franchise as a whole, minus six. And I'll give my thoughts towards the end of this podcast on the brand new movie and the fact that if if there's a seven, we know there'll be a seven, but what could it be about? Is Sydney coming back? Who knows? So I'll get into that later on in this podcast. You know, growing up, my mom was the cool parent. Everything from Nightmare on Elm Street all the way to Sleepaway Camp. Just my mom was that type of parent, which... You would think, you know, some people say, oh, that's a bad parent. What was she doing letting you watch this? And don't get me wrong. She was also disciplinary whenever it became necessary. She knew when it was time to take things serious. And other times it was like, hey, fuck it. You know, if hey, let's watch this. Um, Not even horror movies. Like I, I saw Friday when it first came out. I saw Godfather goodfellas scarface probably by the time i got out of before i got out of elementary school on my way into middle school so yeah my my mom was that type of parent but by the time i got to middle school i have watched all of the major horror movies that the horror community just praises till this day but when i first saw scream i might have been um let me see 
Yeah, I saw it a year after it had been out. So, yeah, my mom and my aunt introduced me to Scream. And my, my cousins, they're a little younger than I am. I believe the the oldest one of them probably, we're, we're three years apart. So she saw it too as well. And I liked it a lot. I, I really did. And plus, the reason why I paid attention because Nev Campbell, who plays Sidney Prescott, I was watching, and don't ask me why I was watching it. I was watching Party of Five, and it was mainly because my aunt. My aunt was the one that was watching Beverly Hills 90210. She was watching Party of Five. She was watching all of those shows, Dawson's Creek and whatever. But <laughs> I watched a few episodes of Party of Five. They're okay. They're not, like, groundbreaking by any means. It's your standard drama TV series in the mid-'90s, or early to mid-'90s, and yeah, it didn't last long, but hey, it, people praise it every time it comes up and some others just didn't care for it or never tuned in. But I, I recognized her. Um, I knew who Drew Barrymore was because of E.T. and Firestarter and and to see her get killed off in the beginning of that movie kind of threw me off. Like I had a full understanding. I was that kid that was... I. The adults explained to me exactly what was going on and what was happening. So I got the full detail and somewhat already knew and had an understanding of who Drew Barrymore was anyway. This is like at peak Drew Barrymore. Like it was, she was everywhere. Hello? I'm sorry, I guess I dialed the wrong number. Well, so why'd you dial it again? To apologize. You're forgiven. Bye now. Wait, wait, don't hang up. What? I want to talk to you for a second. They've got 900 numbers for that. See ya. Hello? Why don't you want to talk to me? Who is this? You tell me your name, I'll tell you mine. <laughs> I don't think so. What's that noise? Popcorn. You making popcorn? Uh-huh. I only eat popcorn at the movies. Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? Oh, just some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Uh, I don't know. You have to have a favorite. What comes to mind? Um, Halloween. So to see her get killed off within the first 10 to 15 minutes of the films, like, what the hell? Who's our main character? I'd never seen that before. You know, had no clue what the hell subverting expectations was about. Had no zero understanding of that. I, mean, I didn't even know you could break rules in a movie that way. We're just stuck with the standard of, okay, good guy takes out bad guy. And then until the next time, and then the good guy just trumps the bad guy every single time. So when you see that, and you, you see her get killed off and she was so close to getting to her parents, had the phone and everything just to die within the first few minutes of this film. It's like, well, damn. And of course, you get a little older, smarter. You watch more movies that are altering the, the plot or subverting your expectations. And I think it's a smart move. I thought it was brilliant, but I would love to get someone's thoughts on when they first saw this. What did they think? And I'm giving you my thoughts, obviously, but I can go. It's as simple as going to ask my mom or my aunt. I know they went to see this movie in the theater, and then after that, they couldn't wait to rent this movie 
And that's how I was able to see it. That's how I got introduced to this movie. And every time it would come on television, you know, I, I would stop, sit down and watch and then enjoy myself. I really loved this movie. And this is more recent now where people are listing off their favorite screen movie in the franchise. And then you have some of those people like, well, I'm not really that big of a fan of Scream. I don't think it's all that great and blah, 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 blah. And of course, these are people, I think, it's only my opinion, that are trying to sound cool or the fact that a lot of people like this movie. I'm going to be the one that say, I don't really like this franchise and I think it's super overrated and see if I can trigger anybody into getting into a debate with them. And that's what I think it's for. And that's only my opinion. People can truly think this franchise is extremely overrated, but you can't argue the fact that this franchise technically is the most consistent. There's a few hiccups and hurdles that, that make you stop and ask a question like what? Like, Sydney has an aunt and, you know, the cousin from part four. Like, where where did this come from? Why wasn't she introduced early on? You know, it, it's a head scratcher. But overall, like I said, um, I, I've never thought this was a horrendous franchise. What I'll say is as the franchise continues to go, it seems to, to me, just to me, it's getting a bit stale. I want to see something new in even then, when they try something new in this franchise, they only pull back and say, oh, nope, we're still going to do the same old, same old. And it's like, eh, whatever. But it's just my opinion. This movie has officially crossed over $200 million at the time of this recording. So, it, fuck my opinion. <laughs> my opinion don't mean shit. So, for the ones that have not seen the, the brand new Scream, hey, by all means go out on a weekend or something or hell a weekday and enjoy yourselves and watch the movie with a few friends or by yourself or with your, whoever that you decide to go to the movies with i'm pretty sure you'll have a good time so enter scream 2 i went to see scream 2 in theaters i believe i was still yeah with my mom and i can't remember who else i know there was a few people with us because i also went to see see scream 3 in theaters with my mom and a few of her friends too. So I was, hey man, I was that. I've been that cool kid all my life, man. I, <laughs> I'm joking, but anyway, um, I went to see Scream Two in theaters, and uh, that opening scene of Scream Two is to me till this day extremely effective, and it scared the shit out of me the first time I saw it because uh, I I remember watching. Omar Epps and Jada Pickett's characters getting killed off in that way, especially, well, Jada Pinkett's kill in the second, in the, at the beginning of the second film was a bit over the top, but I don't think it's too far-fetched. Now, I think in, in, in Omar Epps's case, uh, when he dies in the bathroom, the only thing I find very far-fetched about that scene is... Who in the hell is listening for something like oh, a whisper and you're putting their your freaking the side of your face up to the other side of the stall so you can hear what is being said. And then the knife goes into the, the wall, into the next stall, into the side of his ear. Like I was like, huh, could could that work? I mean, you 
it's not too far-fetched of him dying in the bathroom, but in the way that he dies, I'm like, no way. But I ignore that because the one that gets your attention is Jada Pinkett being killed off in the beginning because I'm like, oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> on one hand, it can happen, but I, I'm i not going to be me, myself, in my opinion, will not be in a theater like that where people are just going rowdy. I don't know what the fuck could pop off. This is kind of why I get a little paranoid now when it comes to Marvel movies. I don't really care to go see a Marvel film unless it's really like the movie that you need to see and it needs to be seen in theaters and you won't have any better experience unless you see this movie in theaters and you gotta go. I'm not gonna say that it's on par of how the people were reacting in a theater of Scream 2, but for example, Avengers Endgame, right? The big fight, Captain America, Iron Man and Thor fighting Thanos and it's Thanos and Thor fighting and out of nowhere, uh, Mjolnir comes out of nowhere, hits Thanos and it's like, who the fuck is wielding uh, Mjolnir? Captain America catches it and the crowd goes crazy. Like almost damn near every video I've seen of a theater experience for Avengers Endgame, people went nuts. Um, even whenever Hawkeye received that phone call from his wife and you realize this is where people are coming back, you know, and then you see T'Challa walk through that little portal and that the, the big battle scene breaks out and people were going crazy then. I just don't think it's necessary to be just cheering and clapping and, and screaming when you see something like that. And I get it. The majority of these movie go goers, when they go see Marvel films, they're not comic book readers. And that's probably the thing with me. I seen that before in the comic book when Steve caught Mjolnir and was wielding it like Thor. And I'm like, oh, that's some cool shit. I saw that when I was a kid. Now it's just like, hmm, I kind of see where this is going. And you see it fly out of nowhere. And boom, there you go. And he's holding it. He's wielding it like Thor and kicking Thanos' ass temporarily. And <laughs> yeah. But back to Scream. Uh, Scream 2 uh, came out shortly, not even a year after the first one had been out. And I liked it a lot. Uh, I think my favorite scene in this movie clearly is, and I'm pretty sure everyone loves this scene, is when Sydney and her best friend are trying to quietly get out of this car. And the only way they can get out the car is through the driver's seat, which the killer is like laying there unconscious. Or I don't know if he really is unconscious. Who, who knows? But uh, that is my favorite scene. I'm pretty sure 
like I said, a lot of people really like that too. And you know what? I want y'all to leave Derek alone. Derek from Scream 2, played by Jerry O'Connell. Leave him alone. Give him his flowers for his rendition of I Think I Love You. I I think it's well-deserved. And you need to leave Derek and Jerry O'Connell in real life alone and just leave him be. I, I don't know if it was improv. I don't know if that was in the script for real, but it should have... <laughs> I'm joking, by the way. That should have never happened. I don't even know why that was there. It was so out of place. It was just random and weird. And I get it. He really likes Sydney. But me personally, if I knew Sydney Prescott's history, I'm not pursuing her at all. I'm not trying to catch a stray or, or a knife in the back. And let alone, you have a close friend of Sydney Prescott, Dewey who is suspecting you as a potential killer because of the previous events in the first movie. So I don't know if I could just deem that as realistic because I know personally I wouldn't be dating her or I don't know, maybe who knows, who knows. But the reveal at the end of Scream 2 always, it didn't bother me, but I was kind of like, man, I was kind of bored with it. I know that's not a popular opinion. I know more so people are like, yeah, Billy's mom, man, that's that's such a perfect reveal. And then she's stringing along this young guy that who doesn't care about getting caught. He just wants to be famous and be taken to trial. And I was eh, I was so so on it. I don't mind it, but I wish the leaks never happened with the scripts of Scream 2. I think it would have worked out better because Mickey, played by uh, Timothy Oliphant and Elise Neal, who played Hallie in the movie, is confusing to me. Even now when I watch it, I'm like, are they are they supposed to be a couple or what? That was always a question in my mind. But I think the reveal of Mickey and Hallie being the killers would have been perfect. You know, and then we get this reveal, of course, if you haven't, spoiler alert, I mean, Scream 2's been out for 20 some odd years, man. Come on, get with the program, watch it. The reveal turns out to be it's Mickey and Billy's mother, uh, Nancy Loomis. And I'm, I'm a little biased because I do like the actress, Lori Metcalf. She's amazing. She gives 110% in anything she does, man. And I think the reason why I was, when I first saw it, I said, oh, great, cool, right? You know, you've watched Scream 2 over the years, and, you know, it's kind of like your comfort movie that you watch. And when you just throw it on just to have it playing in the background or just casually just watching it, you know, you're having a rest day to yourself. And, I, had, you know, I've we've all had those times. And when it gets to that moment, I'm like, eh, okay, whatever. You kind of just want it to end because the reveal is not as great as the first screen. And uh, yeah, but overall, I I never had anything major against Scream 2. I personally don't think it's just as strong as the first one. And you like, well, obviously, the second film is never going to be as strong as the first. And debatable. I mean, because you can look at Child's Play and then... And say that's a great movie, but you get to Child's Play two, and Child's Play two is is freaking leagues ahead of the first one. So, I I felt like they could have taken a little bit longer off of the hype of the first screen because that 
film blew up. They could have at least taken two, maybe three years and then came out with the second one and had a well thought out script. But yeah, um, overall, I, I really like this movie. My my rating for the first Scream to me is always like a nine out of ten. And with the second one, it kind of drops like a strong six and a half towards maybe seven. I think it's okay. And that's only because of the climax. And then we get to Scream 3. Man, uh, I know a lot of people don't like the third Scream, so I'm not going to spend long on this one in particular. But you have to say the saving grace for Scream 3 is Parker Posey playing uh, fake Gale Weathers. You you can't deny it. You, you can get mad at the reveal of Scream 3. You could say, oh, man, everything else is just stupid. And the play on the, the actors that are in the Stab 3 film, comparing it to real actresses in Hollywood, is really stupid. And the outcome of Sydney's mother running to Hollywood and being an actress and being a quote unquote punished for being a whore. So it made her go back home and continue to be a whore. And that's why Sydney is getting the brunt of the punishment. And it's annoying, which yes, I agree. It's annoying, but listen, Parker Posey and scream three say, this is the reason why I can tolerate and will watch screen three. I don't mind it at all. Like I'll, I'll sit there and watch the entire thing just because of her. She, is fucking hilarious and she plays the character so well just the bouncing off between courtney cox's gail weather and then her character has she's playing the gail weathers in stab three is fucking awesome plus you got princess leia in you, you got a carrie fisher cameo so i'm not mad at it but yeah that reveal at the end of screen three is like what the fuck is happening like where did this come from brother half brother whatever roman bridger i'm just gonna say it now the worst reveal of the franchise and then yeah you can you can make your pick from there i don't think anyone can be mad at me for saying that roman bridger is the worst fucking reveal of this franchise what the fuck and i'm not gonna lie there is a corny factor in this movie with uh patrick dempsey's character is the detective detective kincaid uh, it was just, oh my God, the back and forth between him and Sydney, corny. What do you know about trilogies? You mean like movie trilogies? You seem to like movies, detective. Only Mark, would you? Because I'm going to keep calling you Sydney. I'll call you Mark when you catch the killer, detective. Well, all I know about movie trilogies is that in the third one, all bets are off. Did you request this case? No, they tend to put me on the ones that deal with the business. I grew up here, and I know my way around the studios. <laughs> what did you know about your mother? I always thought I had the perfect mom. Perfect family. Until I found out I was wrong. She, uh... She had a secret life, and I tried to understand that, and uh, as soon as I thought that I had more secrets, <laughs> I don't know who my mom was. 
you knew who she was to you. Here's the deal. I'm off to search the set. I think what you saw is real. That's the good news. How is that good news? Because that means that we're dealing with an ordinary flesh and blood killer. And I know how to handle guys like that. Oh, yeah. How? Catch him. Or kill him. Hey, detective. What's your favorite scary movie? And, <laughs> and it was so obvious at the end. Like, they were just trying to make the chemistry strong between the two. And, you know, of course, at the end, they get together and everything. And it's, eh, whatever. I, I do like the last shot of Scream 3. That's what I will say. I really love the last shot. Just the door opening by itself, her looking out. And that's kind of it because... To her, and at this moment, it's over, and whatever, she's in peace, and everyone lives happily ever after, I guess, until 10 years after that, we get Scream 4, and I'm not really a big fan of Scream 4, but a lot of people seem to say, yeah, man, the, the best Scream since the first one is Scream 4, and I could care less, I, I don't like the the Jill and Charlie reveal at all I I just where did that come from with Jill and Sydney being cousins and the aunt it was just kind of like eh whatever then you got the comedic banter with Anthony Anderson as a uh, deputy deputy Perkins and him getting stabbed and I think he got stabbed in the forehead and he was like struggling or swinging or some shit. And in the last words he said was fuck Bruce Willis. I know some people don't understand that joke or whatever it is, but I, I caught it the first time because, you know, Bruce Willis being a, a cop and a badass cop at that in the Die Hard franchise. And I kind of put two and two together. It fell flat. Nobody really caught on to it. I don't think a whole lot of people have really sat and watched Die Hard. That's one of my favorite franchises. Uh, the third one being the best. But yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I I just I thought Scream Four was okay. Now back then, the reveal and the motive behind it, you would have said to yourself, "There's no fucking way that would happen." And you fast forward to 2023, and it's it wasn't far-fetched. It was just Wes Craven and everyone behind Scream 4 at the time were ahead of the curve. And I'm like, oh, yeah. People will do any and every damn thing it takes to become famous. Like, literally, they'll do anything. They'll they'll harm themselves. They will harm others to become big. So, yeah, you could say I'll, I'll give Scream 4 its credit for being ahead of the curve. But to me, I think it's because Scream 3 and where it left off, Scream 4, 10 years later, it's like, eh, I really don't care. It's not terrible, but it's like, ah, eh. the steam really ran out at 3, and I was kind of over it then. And, yeah. But, yeah, you know what? I'll say this. Emma Roberts is Jill. Emma Roberts. Hey, hand claps. She's great. 
and she can play a real mean bitch when she wants to. She did it in American Horror Story Coven, and and it's it's weird to say that because I think when I saw Emma Roberts for the first time, it was on a Nickelodeon show. What was it? Let me see. It was called um, was it called Unfabulous or some shit like that? I think so. My sister used to watch it, and my brother and my little brother used to watch it a lot too. But she was in a Nickelodeon TV show. And it was kind of weird seeing her, you know, you know, act in an American Horror Story and Scream 4 like that. But I don't think that's hard to believe. You know, her father being Eric Roberts, so great actor, and then her aunt being Julia. So not, not too not too far-fetched. You know, Emma Roberts is a great actress. And Scream 5 don't really care for Richie and Amber being the killers and the motive just about remakes and reboots or requels or whatever. I just, maybe I need to watch it again. Uh, Give it another chance. I just don't care for it. I don't like it at all. I think, um, I, I will say this. I'm not too happy or too thrilled. I'm really not over David Arquette's character, Dewey dying the, the, like this is where he goes and um the franchise the fifth entry I, I don't like it at all um you I I don't know man because when I saw that I said what the fuck I ugh, I don't know I'm not trying to get upset and rant but I was really pissed off when I saw that I don't know why <laughs> I don't know if it's because David Arquette is such a likable person in real life uh, and just his character overall in the screen franchise is really, really, really likable. Like you don't want to see him go, but maybe it was because I was attached to Dewey and that was my favorite character in this franchise to see him go. was like, what the hell, bro? Like you could have taken out anyone else, but you didn't have to do it to him. <laughs> like that type of thing. And I just, uh, Scream 5 is Scream 5. You know, Sydney comes back. She's your your um, quintessential, I don't know what to make of her in Scream 5. I, who can, I don't know. And then we get to Scream 6. Scream 6, also not a fan of. Like I said prior to all of this, Scream is the most consistent franchise in horror movie history besides child's play now it's ridiculous for me to say child's play because it's about um a serial killer's soul possessing a doll and continuing his rampage of harming people but if you really pay attention it don't miss a beat it's continuous even with the the television series going into season three coming out this year it's still following it has not missed a beat yet i'll I'll give it that but scream six um i'm not really a fan of at all there were no risk taken even at the beginning the first few minutes you're like oh shit they're about to give us something completely different i was hyped i was hyped at the cold open of this movie because samara weaving uh if you're not familiar with her, she's in Ready or Not. Ready or Not is really cool. If you have not seen that movie, watch it. Ready or Not is awesome. But, um, yeah, so it's this cold open where 
I don't think it's a spoiler alert, but Smar Weaving dies in the beginning. <laughs> She's on her way to her Tinder date and like an idiot goes down this alley and Ghostface kills her and Ghostface pulls off his mask. So we're seeing the face of the killer and I'm like, wait a minute. Then it's this phone call that he takes and the phone call is with Tara Carpenter, our one of our, our main protagonists of the film. I say, wait a second. Oh, shit. They're doing what I've always wanted them to do. I'm thinking we're getting a, uh, a, a reveal at the beginning. We already know who the killer is. And throughout this movie, they don't know. But in close calls in different situations, we're like on the edge of our seat. Be like, oh, my God. Like, how do you not see this? And like, we already know who the killer is. If you know where I'm going with this. I thought that would have been incredible and this killer would have been infiltrating his way into the the core four and it, I thought the stakes were going to be risen and everything to me in Scream 6 kind of fell flat, especially with the script that leaked because there was a script that did leak of Stu Mocker, not him coming back, but uh, the father and the the grandchildren, Stu Mocker's sons, or it's not sons, but son and daughter, would be the one getting their revenge on the core four and upset about some old shit with Sydney and or whatnot. And uh, Dermot Mulroney, who is one of the characters in Scream Six, was revealed in the early scripts as Stu Mocker's father. And it was just weird overall, man. Uh, what we got at the end, apparently, is the family of Richie. I was like, why are we focusing on Richie again? Like, I, I didn't really care for Richie at all in the previous Scream. And I, I don't know. But people seem to love Scream 6. It's the first movie since Scream 2 to cross over the $200 million mark at the box office. It's, it's doing excellent. Uh, I'd be shocked if we weren't getting a Scream 7, but hey, uh, who knows? But yeah, um, I I really do like this franchise overall. It's just the last two movies. Maybe it's because I'm still not over what we got in the first two or the nostalgia of the first two, maybe. Uh, I This whole thing with remakes or requels, and I'm kind of over it. I, I really want to see something brand new. But yeah, that wraps this episode up for me. Thank you for listening to episode two of the Terradome Highway Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Terradome Highway Podcast. I will have the additional links for Twitter, TikTok, and everything else up very soon. I'm available everywhere you can get podcasts. And next week, next Saturday, I'll be talking about Wes Craven's Red Eye with Rachel McAdams and Cillian Murphy. Uh, really do like that movie a lot so can't wait to get into that and uh until then take care of each other most importantly take care of yourselves and i will see you guys next week peace